You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been cleared for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to the Alouettes Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on Twitter at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Capper. You can also find me on Twitter at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this episode of the podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code OWLSFLIGHTDICK10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. So head over to sportbuffshop.com, use the code, save 10%, support local, and get uh, money off on all the merchandise that you may buy. And of course, the Alouette's flight tickets all over social media and the World Wide Web. Make sure you head on over to www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca to check out the entire archive of our show, including all seven plus seasons. Uh, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Alouette's FL Deck. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pod. Check out our Instagram, where we've been doing some live streams lately over at Alouette's Flight Deck. And, of course, check out the merchandise star of our own at teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck. And last but certainly not least, make sure you check out our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Uh... This is, this is how you support the podcast, and this is how you help us do the thing that we do best. Yes, sir. Well, welcome back. A very rare in our history, a very rare uh, off week, and it's, it's all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you know, you, you only get one chance to do a 20th wedding anniversary, right? Exactly. Went, went, you know, went big, went Hawaiian. It sounds so weird to say it that way. Uh, that sounds really weird. But yeah. Yeah. But but as everybody say who happened to follow me on social media, as they saw, I still had, you know what? There's still CFL in my blood. There's still the Alouettes in my blood. Uh, couldn't keep me completely away. So just happened to be happened to be at the on the cruise ship bar, you know, sailing in the middle of the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Hawaii. And I, I watched the fourth quarter of the Alice Tiger Cats game. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a, a, you know, a bucket list type of thing. Uh, I'd love to do it again. Um, but the, hey, I had fun. I know you did too. By the way, you, speaking of doing things and stuff like that, speaking of Hamilton and stuff like you yourself were in the hammer for the game. I was a bit of a last-minute decision to head on down to uh, the Hammer to check out the game. Uh, wasn't planning on it initially, but decided, okay, let's, you know what? Got to get that football fixed. That's really what it comes down to, folks. <laughs> is sometimes you just got to say the heck with it, jump in the car, and head on down the 401, and yeah, like, okay. Saw the home opener, and let's go see the home opener for the Ticats, and also the first away game for the regular season of the Montreal Alouettes. So, yeah, let's, let's do that. And, boy, did I make a great decision. <laughs> yeah, you did. It was it just, again, I, I, I rewatched the, the broadcast last night to get caught up on the, on the first three quarters that I happened to miss. Um, 
It was, you know what? Um, you know, we've been seeing things so far in the regular season where people are talking, you know, where they're keeping us within the quote unquote power rankings. And you know what? All I can say to everybody, keep dip, keep disrespecting us. Go ahead and keep yeah. disrespecting the the Alouettes, because keep sleeping, yep. keep sleeping. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because yeah. I think it just doesn't. I know I think they'll say it, but I mean it's players will say it. It's something that um, uh, I'm sure that that helps them get motivated. I, obviously, game day itself is motivation. I'm sure enough, but for why not? But that's a, that's the type of bulletin board material that can help. So, oh, hundred percent, and believe me, and we we've seen this even throughout training camp as well, and the preseason, and even into the first game. Like there, there was just doubt, so much doubt as to how it was all going to come together. And honestly, if you had doubt, folks, I sincerely hope you don't have doubt anymore, because I mean, this Montreal Alouettes team is definitely making a lot of people look very, very foolish with their play and with how they're handling things off the field as well. Uh, again, I'm not going to call them a model franchise just yet, but they're taking the steps right now to show that, hey, this is a very competitive football team on the field. And off the field, this is a team that really wants to ensure that they get butts in seats. They make sure that they sell up Molson Stadium. They make sure that when you are in Molson Stadium, that you are going to have a good time. And as far as I'm concerned, everyone's trending in the right direction of for this team both on and off the field and that's that's absolutely amazing oh no uh, for sure i mean you know it, it is obviously it, it is early in the season i mean but you still got you, dude you still got to look at things you know especially where they are you know two and oh so far in 2023 dude that is something the alouettes have not done since 2011 that's that's with Anthony Calvillo. Mm-hmm. We have not got the team has not gone two and zero since two thousand started the season two and zero since two thousand eleven. Which no, it, it's mind blowing. It's it, it really is, and again, the fact that the Alouettes have not lost any football game in twenty twenty three. I know it's early. I, I I freely admit it's early, but I mean undefeated in the preseason. Undefeated thus far in the regular season. I, I mean, this is a team that has the momentum and is trending upwards. And that's great. I mean, especially, as I said, so many people had so much doubt and were ready to bury this team once again because of everything that had gone on during the offseason. But how they've responded, how they have come through, how they have answered the call every single time has been pretty no, not really. But there are no style points in the CFL. This team is doing what it has to do to get the job done. And just as, I, as far as I'm concerned, they're doing what it takes to silence those haters, to, to silence those critics, to make sure that everybody eats their words afterwards. And I, I'm telling you right now, Tim, this is this is so much fun to watch. It is it just, you know, again, I, I know I've mentioned it already in the last couple of shows is that it basically is a brand new team. It really, really is. Um and it's just it's fun to watch. It really is fun to watch. You know, you and I are going back and forth. We're seeing how the guys are are performing. You know, we're we're coming up, 
we're coming up with hashtags for, for the players that we have so far, which, we ho- which we're going to hopefully be able to use very shortly. And if you want to talk about that, we sure can after we talk about this particular person. Um, but it's, it, you know, a team, this team so far that has not given up a single touchdown, has not given up a single offensive touchdown this year. And that's it. And, and that's, that's, I, I, I was trying to get some stats from uh, CFL stat guru Steve Daniel. Haven't been able to, to get confirmation yet on that type of, uh, on that actual, because he said he would have to look into it because that would have a lot to look into. But that that is a pretty damn good feat, I will admit, you know, for any football team, especially in pro football. Yeah, and you know who's going to be smiling the biggest right now when you when you start talking about these defensive stats, head co- or the defensive coordinator Noel Thorpe. Mm-hmm. He's got to be grinning ear to ear, thinking about what he's been able to do so far. And again, I, I still keep prefacing it's early. I get that. I'm not crowning this team Grey Cup champions just yet, nope. but but to not allow an offensive touchdown in not one but two games, that's incredible. Like this defense bends, but it doesn't break. I mean, it, it, it's phenomenal. And just getting into the quarterback's head and just living there rent-free is, is, is incredible. It's just it's so much fun to watch. I mean, th- this defense comes alive and just is it, – it's like a buzzsaw. It just cuts right through. And yeah. my goodness, it, as I said, it, as great as uh, – we want to see touchdowns. We want to see the Alouette score touchdowns. And, you know, offensively, but my goodness, like this defense is also capable of scoring touchdowns, too. And that is just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, exactly. So let's get let's get into it here. So the Alouettes uh, went into uh, went into into the hammer and knocked off the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, 38-12. Um, again, two straight games. The, Owls, the, the gals are only giving up 12 points a game. I know it's only two games in, but still both games they've given up 12 points. Um, it, it's you just look at how this team played. Every facet of this team, you, you know, was made some sort of impact. Offense, oh, yeah. defense, special, specialty, special teams again. Special teams. <laughs> you know, we should have had that in the home opener, but a penalty. But but this, hey, why not? The gods are smiling on Chandler Worthy. Yep, better late than never. I, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. He should have had a house call in his home opener and and the road opener, but unfortunately, uh, an untimely penalty in, in at Personal Wilson Stadium killed that dream. But uh, Chandler was not going to be denied a second time, and oh my, what a, what a nice little scamper he made. That was. That was absolutely fantastic. He didn't look like he even broke a sweat, by the way. I just saw it was like, just like a casual jog. You know, I got the ball. Do, 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 touchdown. <laughs> yeah, just sa- sauntered towards the end zone. And, uh, nothing the like, end. that's right. Nothing like a 77, it was a 70, yeah, 77 yard saunter. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and what, what what didn't help, too, is that the Hamilton special teams, like uh, a couple of their guys kind of ran into each other as well. And mm-hmm. just a couple of timely blocks from the, from the Owls and, uh, yeah, it was just smooth sailing for the most part for Chandler. Just to stroll into the end zone. I mean, he didn't run. He, as it, he sauntered. He strolled. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, he he took his time. He enjoyed the ride, so to speak. So mm-hmm. good on him. I mean, that that that's just it's part of what makes this game fun is just being able to dominate and score on all three facets of the football. 
absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, before the start of the game itself, you know, the Alouettes learned that Bo Levi Mitchell, the you know, starting quarterback for the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats, was placed on the sixth game, uh, with most likely, from what I'm understanding, is, is a, gro- a potential groin issue. So former Alouettes quarterback uh, Matthew Schultz got the start. Um, when you when you heard that yourself, and obviously you know we are, we're just basing it off on what we have seen and what we have heard. Did it change your mindset at all going into this game? I mean, because obviously I, I'm sure they were thinking that most likely that they're going to play a, be playing with Bo Levi. But I just think overall, uh, you know, the entire coaching staff did, did a great job getting this team ready for this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think uh, it, it's hard because, listen, I, I really still am very much a Matthew Schultz fan. Always will be. I mean, he's just an absolutely wonderful human being. So it, part of me is like, okay, I want him to do well. I really do. I just don't want him to do well when he's playing the Montreal Wets. And mm-hmm. it's kind of tough because I'm sure he's motivated as well to show that he belongs on the field. He he, he belongs in the conversation. And even a little part of me was saying when they announced that Bo Levi was going to be put on the six-game list, I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe now Hamilton has a chance of actually winning a game because <laughs> truth be told, uh, Bo Levi has not looked very good in, in, in uh, black and yellow. And is it his age? Is it the injuries that are starting to now all of a sudden come, come about? Is like, I don't know what it is, but Bo's just not – he doesn't look like the Bo Levi Mitchell that we knew in Calgary. No. And – this is a this is something that can benefit Matthew Shields is that he'll get a chance now to show that he can lead a team and we've seen him do it he, he did it in twenty was it twenty twenty one in uh, in Montreal when Vernon Adams went down to injury after the Thanksgiving game yep Matthew Shields stepped in and he did an admirable job uh, I mean he unfortunately didn't get a chance to finish what he started in twenty twenty one but I mean that that is football unfortunately but Matthew Shields has proven that he can win football games. Full stop. And uh, I'll be I'll be honest. I was just a little bit concerned. Like, oh, okay. I mean, if Maddie gets a chance to do what he does best, and let's face it, those first two series uh, Hamilton had, yeah, he was heaving bombs. I know. I and, know. And just at one point, making the the, the defense for the Alouettes look a little, uh, you know, flat-footed. Uh, poor Cabianento. I mean, he's starting his first game, and he just once again burnt like toast. And mm-hmm. man, that. That was tough. That was tough to watch. But at the same time, you're like, okay, good job, Maddie. But uh, let, let's just keep that. And so when they had to settle for field goals, I'm like, okay, I, I can live with this. Like, ha- pad those stats, you know, do great things. But, you know, let's, let's just keep the points to a minimum for Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, on the other side of the ball, Cody Fajardo, obviously, with what he went through in Saskatchewan last year. Cody's done pretty good behind center for the Alouettes. He, he seems to have a have an O line that's that's uh, protecting them pretty good. Uh, you know, this time around the sacks were down uh, versus the the home opener um, versus uh, versus Ottawa, but uh, he seems Cody looks really good. Again, he looks really really good. Yeah, he's he's making his reads. Uh, definitely, I think he's he's got that connection with his receivers. He knows he's got William Stanback behind him, so I mean he can hand off the rock to Stanback at any time and do great things, or hell, even throw to Stanback because he had one catch that was just absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. and just took it. I think uh, thirty yards for a nice little, uh, you know, just be able to move the chains like that. I mean, that that's what you want out of your your running back is someone who can block, who can catch, and, and 
yes, of course, run the ball too. So, <laughs> I mean, Cody's got to be feeling a, lo- a lot of relief compared to where he was this time last year. It, it's got to be night and day for him. And I, I will say that the, the offensive line has improved considerably. Uh, I, I think of the three sacks that Cody had, uh, a lot of them were kind of, I want to say, self-inflicted. Like he just, you know, he, he tried to make something happen, like try to make something out of nothing and, and end up just getting bottlenecked. And listen, that's going to happen no matter what. But uh, I, I think as long as this offensive line is able to still give him the protection to make uh, make plays happen, I mean, Cody looked pretty damn good out there. Yeah, he did. I mean, uh, stats don't lie either. I mean, uh, you know, 19 to 25, 290, 292 yards, no interceptions, two touchdowns. Uh, also had a rushing touchdown. Um, it again, he's he's looking good. Um, and we're talking about having having a, a new. You know, I said as I said at the top of the show, this team is very very young. A lot of new names. Uh, I think we're finally learning them with even without a, a program. Uh, you look at some of these guys and they're becoming household names so far within the first two weeks. Uh, one can't help but keep wondering and looking at, uh, you know, sometimes this team, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go with Cole Speaker last year was the was the guy who was the surprise, right? And this year it just happened to be Lil Big Mac, Austin Mack. I mean, you know what? What, what can you say? You know, we, we saw this day one of training camp, or at least I did, because I, obviously I was going to pay attention because, yes, former San Francisco 49er. I, I fully admit that was probably the only reason I knew this guy and was even going to bother paying attention. It was just to see, okay, he he didn't get a chance to shine in the NFL. Now I'm pretty sure he's, he kind of relegated to the fact that, okay, I'm here in the CFL. If I want to get back to the NFL, i got to ball out, and sure enough, that's what he's done. Every time he's been called upon, every time his number's been called upon, he has answered and answered in a big way. I, I mean, this guy has been absolutely sensational. Uh, just two touchdowns ag- against the Tiger Cats and absolute beauties too. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the, that's the best part. And my goodness, like, yeah, I, I, I definitely think now if anyone, if you don't know who Cody or Cody, if you don't know who Austin Mack is now, I mean, I, you, you have to. How can you not know who he is now after seeing that performance against Hamilton? Just absolutely sensational. Like you're, you're absolutely right. Like th- this guy is going to become a household name by season's end. And my goodness, like what a performance! And it, as, as long as he keeps trending upwards, as long as he keeps getting better and just doing those little things, and like he has taken to the Canadian game so quickly, which is absolutely impressive because we we knew he had the talent. We we knew there was something there, but you know, you're just learning those little nuances that the Canadian game has usually takes a little bit of time for most uh, American receivers. But like he's taken to it like a duck to water. It, it's phenomenal to watch. Like you can see that he's no doubt putting in the time studying the film, and you know in practice, I'm sure he's just a beast and, and just doing those things to get better. And, and no doubt consulting with his teammates who have been in this game for several years now. You just feel like he's doing everything possible to prove that he can be that superstar. And my goodness, my goodness, what 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 a find! What an absolute find by Danny Mac to bring this guy in. And look what's happened! Like just absolutely sensational! Like like 
Le Big Mac, indeed. Mm-hmm. And they had a quick little uh, a little hit on on Mac uh, during the the broadcast. Uh, they were talking about how he actually went in when it came to deciding who he wanted to play with, in which league he wanted to play in. You know, he I think when Montreal became on his radar, they were talking about how he looked at the history of the team itself and where they have gone. And he actually said specifically, you know, he talked about Ben Cahoon, talked about AC. So he. You know, he may be a, a a rookie wide receiver in the CFL, but he took it a, 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 took it upon himself to learn about the team that he was going to be playing for, and that that should impress fans alone. You know, some guys are just sure. Obviously, everybody knows that. You know, the thing is to go back to, to the NFL. I get that. I get that. But to take it, you know, just even that little bit of time to learn about the team, to learn about the city, to learn about the history. It should mean a lot to every single Alouettes fan knowing that he just did that, and 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 he's being rewarded obviously with the great uh, with the great play. Well, I just think back to the home opener, like they, the Alouettes on their Instagram account, they showed a picture of Austin, you know, pregame, and he's rocking a T-shirt of Alouettes legend Anthony Calvillo. I mean, that's that's his offensive coordinator that he's wearing on his on mm-hmm. his chest. Mm-hmm. To me, that that says it all. Like the respect, the pure respect that he has for this game and for the people around him, and no doubt, I'm sure AC has sat him down and explained to him what it takes to be great in this league and what the things he has to do to become that next level superstar. And I have to believe Austin Mack is just soaking it all up like a sponge, and you're seeing it. You're seeing it every every time he steps on the field. I mean, he looked great in the preseason. Looked pretty solid in uh, against Ottawa at the at the home opener, and I, if you want to call this his coming out party versus Hamilton, then so be it. But I mean, th- this guy is the real deal, folks. Austin Mack is hundred percent that guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, f- to finish up the stats here, because obviously it's a, it is a team game here. Uh, uh, KJG, Kalen, Julian Grant led the team in, in yards with ninety four on six receptions. Uh, Cole Speaker had uh, two catches for thirty six yards. Chandler on this nice little out, uh, one catch for twelve. William Stamick, we mentioned him before, three catches for thirty seven yards. And and you cannot, if you want to see some highlights besides the Austin Mack touchdown, what about that catch early on from Keishon Abram, basically turning over on his head? I mean, two receptions, 32 yards. Those stats alone do not show how well that this dude played. Oh, yeah. the, the, the it's It doesn't do him justice, quite frankly. Like, and. Once again, there, there was a reason why this guy was practicing with the ones during the first week of camp. Is you know that there's something there, and like I said, Austin Mack is definitely getting the headlines right now. He's definitely getting a lot of the attention as, as well he should. But Keshin Abram too is one of those guys, like one of those sneaky good guys that you just don't expect a whole lot out of because you didn't know where he was last year. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, one of those guys that just kind of sneaks through, and next thing you know, bam, he is catching things left, right, and center, and building up that resume and you, you know, but when it's all said and done, we could be, we can be looking at a serious threat here. I mean, you've got like a, a murderer's row potentially. Yeah. Especially if the two guys that we currently have on the sixth game, when they come back, Oi, man, I, I, I'm telling you, can you imagine having like the, the choice that Jason Moss is going to have to make when it comes to KJG, Tyson Philpot, Reggie White, Jr. Austin Mack, Keshen Abram, uh, my, my God, <laughs> I mean, Greg Greg Ellingson. 
Sure. I mean, but you talk about like young, hungry players. I mean, that is it. I mean, like a lot of people were kind of dismissing the LOS because of their young receiving core. But I mean, these are guys that are not playing like rookies. I'll tell you that right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. By the way, I don't know if, if anybody happened to catch the, you know, the, the when we're reading off the stats there, Cliff, every single player averaged over 10 yards a catch. Every wide is, receiver averaged over 10 yards. That is stupid. I mean, that is just crazy good. I mean, that, I, listen, what what more do you want from this team? I I, I mean, I, I, I've had my concerns in the past over, you know, some of the play calling and just what this team is trying to do to get themselves better. But, I mean, th- those doubts are gone. I mean, I, I definitely have full confidence. Cody Fajardo behind center, the guys that are lining up beside him, the guy that's lining up behind him, my goodness. Uh, I mean, this is, this is a team, like I said, is making a lot of people sit up and take notice. Mm-hmm. And that's just great. I mean, that the, the, there's such a vindication for that. And I still get the impression, though, that they're not happy with that. Like, yeah, you're recognizing them now. You're acknowledging them now. But it's not enough. And I really want to believe, too, they're not going to rest on their laurels. Like, I think this upcoming game against Winnipeg is going to be a very good test for them. But I don't think they're stressed about it. I don't think they're saying, oh, my God, we're going to be playing the, you know, the the team that was in the great cup the last three years, like, yeah. So it's just another game. Just that. And that's the attitude you got to go in with is this is just another game, another opportunity to prove yourself, another opportunity to silence all the critics and just keep this good thing going. Yeah, exactly. By the way, can't forget also, as we met, uh, William Stambeck uh, started off slow, but ended up, uh, you know, had a, a nice 40 yard run, uh, nine attempts for 69 yards. Uh, I said also had some of those catches out of the backfield. Uh, uh, Deshaun Antwi had uh, four, uh, excuse me, three attempts, uh, four yards, and then Cody had four attempts for eleven yards and that touchdown. By the way, this is this seems to be a a, a thing here that I mentioned last show too, Cliff. What are your thoughts on Cody continuously taking short yardage plays? Because so far. So far, we have not seen our second or third string quarterbacks behind center at all during the regular season. You know, this seems to be a recurring theme throughout the entire CFL because honestly, I'm seeing a lot of the starting quarterbacks kind of take their own short yardage, which is interesting to say the least because, I mean, it, it does happen. Not often, but there is that potential for injury. And God forbid, like when you're, especially when you're a tight scrum like that, you never know who's going to try and take liberties on your quarterback. I mean, like that—that's asking a lot, to, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I—I—I I, I, I get it. The Cody Fajardo didn't get a lot of reps in the preseason. That was by design, mostly. But you know, he—he he wants to take every opportunity he can get while he's on the field to—to to lead this team. I get that, but I, I just can't help but wonder. And there's even a couple times, like even—uh, uh, even that little scamper he made to the end zone to score a touchdown, like. Like guys are going to be gunning for him. Like you, are, are these the, the the? Is this really what you want your starting quarterback to do? I mean, you've got Caleb Evans who can plunge for that first down marker. You've got Davis Alexander who can do the same thing as well as make some exciting plays happen to catch everybody napping. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, the, the, but this is something I've seen like league wide is that uh, you you don't see the second or third string quarterback unless the first stringer gets hurt and. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I like this. I know, once again, I, I preface everything by saying it's still early. 
But at the same time, like God forbid, like I mean, just take a look at Bo Levi, like taking one one shot too many, or just you know something not going. It, it can just take one simple instance before you go down to injury. And if you're number two or number three are not ready to go, that could be a problem. But why put your starting quarterback in potential harm's way to get a first down? I mean, I, I don't know. Like I I admire Cody's gumption. I admire his his. His passion, dedication to what he wants to prove that he's the man. I, I get that. I appreciate that. But my goodness, I mean, really, like, what's the point of dressing two other quarterbacks if you're not going to put them to work in some capacity? Yeah. At this point, give the ball to Caleb Evans. He's like, what, 6'4, 6'3, 6'4? He can get that first down. No problem. Davis Alexander, that kid's tougher than shoe leather. He can, he can punch through and get a first down. Like, and then get Cody back on the field. That, Really, that should be the strategy. And I imagine as the season goes on and Cody takes more of those lumps, I mean, eventually they'll kind of wise up and say, yo, maybe we should probably get the other guys in there and get them doing something, at least justify having them wear a uniform for crying out loud. Yeah, I'm curious to know if that's going to change at all. I mean, I'd love to be able to ask the uh, whether it be Cody or whether it be AC or or, or talking with Coach Moss to find out what kind of what's the – uh, what's the game plan when it comes to that type of thing? Because as you just said, there, there can't be a potential for injury. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know. I'm, I really am curious to know what they're thinking. So it's uh, maybe something that we'll have to ask when I, when I head to practice uh, that's, that will be at uh, uh, personal Molson this, this Thursday. So um, it, it's, it, what were your thoughts? They kind of uh, were able to, to right the ship, so to speak, and with those early passes from uh, from Matthew Schiltz, uh, the defense just ended up again one, not allowing a touchdown, uh, uh, interceptions, pick sixes. Uh, th- what more can we ta- say about this uh, this defense this week? I mean, my goodness, as I said, Noel Thorpe's got to be grinning from ear to ear watching these guys at work because they they're just scary good. I mean, I'm talking about all three facets. Uh, my gosh. I mean, they're not afraid to put the wood to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, they definitely got into Maddie's kitchen and made his night long and po- probably miserable because, yeah, he had a couple of really nice plays to start the first quarter. But, I mean, yeah, all, if all you can manage is field goals, jeez, I mean, I mean, you're, you're obviously not going to win football games. Definitely not against this Alouettes team and I dare say against no other team in this league. But, man, they – they just had his number. I mean, he, you can see Schultz was trying really hard to, to make stuff happen, and he did a good job for the most part moving the ball downfield. But, man, I, I mean, Siante Evans just following up after his phenomenal performance against Ottawa just keeps on going with another interception. Mm-hmm. But Wesley Sutton, you know what makes me laugh? He had said this year, Wesley Sutton, that he wants to be the Eastern nominee for most outstanding defensive player. And... Again, I, I, I still say it's early, but that pick six was absolute beauty. He read the mail. It just he, he read Schultz like a book and yep. just both uh, both interceptions I, actually I, they, they read they read Schultz perfectly. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean but again, Siante Evans, you, you expect that of him. Like remember this time last year, Wesley Sutton was kind of still trying to find his way. Like he, he had a couple of bad games that just he, he started you know, maybe starting to doubt what this guy could do, but my God, he, he really picked himself up by the bootstraps and made, made himself known 
towards the end of the season last year. And this year, when he came to camp, you could tell he came in with a, a great attitude. Like I said, he, he wants to be the man. He wants to be, again, the most outstanding defensive player. And he, he, you can tell he's been taking the steps in order to be able to do so. And, and that pick six, like that, that's going to help make the case. He, he, if he can do that on a consistent basis, I'm not expecting him to do it every single game, although that'd be nice. But to be able to be so strong defensively like that and to be able to read your opponent and be able to make their lives miserable, that's going to go a long, long way. And, I mean, kudos to Wesley. He, he did a, a phenomenal job. And, yeah, it was just a thing of beauty. And the best part, too, like Hamilton was still, by and large, in this game. Even though mm-hmm. the best thing to do was muster field goals, mm-hmm. you still got, didn't get the sense that Montreal was starting to run, with, run away with it until – until Sutton's pick six. Like, that was the final nail in the coffin. Yep. So funny, too, because watching it happen, you could you could hear the, uh, you know, the, the, the wind being taken out of the sails at Tim Hortons Field. And even with the rain that was starting to come down, it wasn't heavy rain, but just heavy enough that you noticed it. And if you had a poncho, you put it on, or you had a hood, you put it on. Like, oh, okay, well, it's, it's definitely raining. But at that point, with that pick six, Pretty much everybody in Hamilton decided, well, let's go beat the traffic. Uh, you know, oh, I think I left a pot roast on in the oven or something like that. Like, <laughs> they, had, they had somewhere else to be all of a sudden. Like, where, 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 where are you going? There's still six minutes left in the fourth quarter. No lead is safe, right? Right? <laughs> but, yeah, no, that, no. So, they, uh, by that point, Tim Hortons Field was starting to empty out and, uh, it just wasn't their day, unfortunately. Yeah. Seems to be, too. I'm also noticing that one of the few things, you know, over the past couple of years, it seems to be the big thing that, that fans have been worrying about besides scoring, because we did, you know, really did at some point have some trouble scoring. It was the amount of, you know, it was a whole big thing when, uh, you know, when Danny Mac took over as interim head coach, um, the penalties. Uh, right now, it seems to be that a lot of the penalties are still on special teams, which can hurt a team. As we mentioned before in the home opener, it called back a punt return touchdown. Um, so what what needs to be righted here? I mean, Owls did have eight penalties. Seven of them were accepted, but still most of them were on special teams. Right. And it's funny because last year, everyone was talking about the defense, like just not being disciplined. And now... I mean, special team penalties, is, it's kind of a weird one because you're, you're always going to find that extra block or someone's going to take just that extra little step too far or no yards. Like, There's any number of ways you can get penalties on special teams, and sometimes it can't be avoided. That's the, that's the unfortunate part. But I, I mean, I, I think by and large, though, this team truly has become a lot more disciplined. Uh, again, a lot of this goes back to, as I said, with Noel Thorpe and Jason Moss. Like These are both two no-nonsense guys. They're not going to take crap from anybody and it's basically their way of the highway like that really is how they present themselves that's that seems to be their coaching style and if you get it good things are going to happen to you and if you don't get it well then you're going to be shown the door that's that seems to be the attitude and you either i think there's an expression uh i'll, I'll clean it up a little bit fit in or f off mm-hmm and I think that's really what – that seems to be the attitude they're taking. I mean, I don't think it's an official model for them, but that really seems to be the attitude with this, like with the defense and pretty much – I think all, all aspects of the field is that, yeah, either fit in or F off. Yeah. 
obviously it's a a big matchup uh this coming uh this coming saturday uh evening uh we'll be talking about that in, in a little bit of time but i think one of the things we should speak about specifically right now before we go on any farther cliff is obviously the passing of I would say he was, he was a pretty he was a pretty well known player pretty I I would say a fan favorite too but uh, uh, we had a passing of a of a Montreal player way too early in life. Oh, absolutely! Darren Diedrich uh, was an integral part of those back to back Grey Cup champion teams in 2009-2010. Just absolutely killer dude. Uh, just a, a great attitude. Just hardworking. And always had time for everybody. Like that—that that was the thing. Just big smile, very outgoing, very engaging gentleman. Uh, I—I've been fortunate to know him quite a bit, and uh, man, it's—it's it's so hard. Like I, I knew he was going through the, his uh, cancer, uh, like, like treatments, and also, and you just—you you just expect him to just keep on pulling. He kept on fighting. Like we haven't heard too much from him over the past couple of years because you know, I, I guess. Just wanted to, you know didn't want to focus on that, but uh, it took everybody by surprise to find out find out about his passing on Saturday, and it's just it it sucks. It's I mean cancer just absolutely sucks. There, there, there's no and just you think about 44 years old. I mean that's still so young, and you know leaving behind the family as well, and I mean, so many fans too had you know great memories where i was seeing so much of that on uh, on social media just people sharing their memories of darren and the the gray cup parade like you see the pictures of the gray cup parade huge smile on his face you can tell he was digging every second of it and being part of that championship team his his teammates too were leaving such wonderful messages uh brendan london for example it was roommates with him during that time and I, I mean, I, I think uh, Darren took uh, young Brandon under his wing and you know, showed him the ropes here in Montreal. And I, I don't think Brandon ever forgot about that. Just based on his words and everything, you could tell like this was this was one of his brothers, and uh, he, he was like brothers with everybody that he he, he got to meet. And oh, it's it's hard. I mean, it it is, and I'll I'll clean it up too. But screw cancer, man. Really, one hundred percent with with the rusty nail, like mm. so, like whatever you can think of. I no, and that's the unfortunate part is like doing his treatments, and you know, my God, at least he was able to extend his life a little bit longer. Uh, he did uh, stem cell treatments, which which helped him considerably as well. Uh, I mean, he he was still doing his thing. I mean, he was still you know, like, like I, I often joke, he didn't have cancer. Cancer had him. Yeah, it's usually the case. It's yeah, it's it's just you know, like he was just a, a you know, just a absolutely fantastic individual. I mean, he he definitely is going to be missed. Uh, I'm I have to believe the team will definitely salute him at half oh, for sure. Half time for, yeah, before, before the game, but yeah, yeah you know, a great guy, as you said, gone way too soon. Obviously, our our thoughts are with his family, friends, and. All of Alouette's nation, really. We we mm-hmm. we mourn his passing, and you know, man, just Darren. We speak your name. You were absolutely phenomenal, the guy, and you know, you will be missed. There is absolutely no question about yeah, that. Yeah, for sure, man. I I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it's been a tough year so far for the for the for when it comes to known names and stuff. But it's you know what? It's keep keep on grinding. 
that that that's all. That, you know, that's I'm sure that's all that they can do. Whether you know, it, it's still it's still it's a part of Alawite's nation. So, hundred um, percent. And you know, and listen, we we just got to keep going on. I think that's what they'd want to is for us, like, you know, keep on going, keep doing this thing, and keep bringing happiness and joy to Alawite's nation, and keep winning football games like that. That's the best possible tribute you could pay to somebody like Darren Diedrich. Yeah, I agree. A um, little bit of, of team news. Uh, we uh, uh, we brought back a player who was released uh, at the uh, uh, who was released at at the final cuts, didn't we? Yep, definitely one of the final cuts. Uh, Reggie Stubblefield. Uh, a bit of a surprising cut because you know we, we've we've seen what he was he's been able to do. Uh, definitely had a, a solid enough camp. Not outstanding, I will say. I mean, like, like he, he saw limited action in the two preseason games. Didn't I felt like he didn't get a chance to truly show what he can do? Uh, again, we weren't at every single training camp session, so we can't say 100 percent the the work that was put in. But I have to believe, just knowing him like we do, I mean, he's definitely one of those guys, like one of those glue guys that can be a real impact player if given the opportunity. And now I think with the adding of Nafis Lion to the six game injury list, this is going to be Reggie's opportunity to shine. I, I, as I said, unfortunately, KB and Ento, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to say, the guy the guy just keeps getting burnt out there. And maybe he just needs to kind of step back a little bit and let someone else kind of, you know, drive the car, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think a Reggie Stubblefield can step in and contribute to this team almost immediately. And again, guy knows the playbook. He, he's worked with these guys for a while, it was just a matter of stay ready. And that's a, a good lesson to everybody, too. A, any potential players that were cut during training camp, you hear it all the time. Stay ready. You never know when your number is going to be called. And especially if you you know the playbook, you know the system, you know how Coach Thorpe does his thing. If you're ready to go, you know, all it takes sometimes, unfortunately, is an injury to somebody. And all of a sudden, they call your number. And you better be ready. And... I got a feeling Reggie Stubblefield is going to be ready to go. I, I, I think he realizes this is a great opportunity. Unfortunately, it has to come this way as a result of a couple of guys getting banged up. But hey, that's football. I mean, look look how many guys you know in the receiver position, guys get hurt, and all of a sudden new stars emerge. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's just how football goes, and it goes. You know, it, it, it's not discriminatory at all. Whether it's offense, defense, special teams, somebody goes down that's an opportunity for someone else to step up and make something happen. So I have to believe that Reggie Stubblefield is going to do what he has to do in order to get on the field and basically make it tough for them to take him off the field. No, it's true. And as I said, you know, with uh, Nafis line going down and put on the sixth game, um, it will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, how, see how he's entered it in, into the, in, into the uh, you know playbook for uh, for the defense this week versus uh, versus Winnipeg, uh, some uh, uniform news happened to pop about pop up, and I'm going to talk about one other one other than what you think I'm about to talk about. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. We talked about the beginning of the season, uh, you know how it, it's sort of a we feel that with the how the team has been promoting. That's the best way to read, I'll say. Promoting Videotron and all of uh, Pierre Carpelito's, uh media um, members, I guess we'll say. And, you know, we've seen it at the stadium. It's on the patches. It's sort of a, you know, sort of a a, a, a slight or, or a, 
you know, throwing shade at the at the CFL and their and yeah, on the at their current television partners. Uh, but then we and I mentioned this to you and happened to see that uh, not only does they have, do they have Videotron on their home uniforms, but they also have Freedom Mobile <laughs> on their away uniforms, and they have Tavi Ass Sports on their practice jerseys. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're going. They're going three for three. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean. I said before, and I'll say it again, uh, PKP is clearly all about the gamesmanship. Uh, I mean, he can't, you know, it's, it's pretty clear when the rights become available for the CFL, like the, the, the broadcasting rights, whether it's in English or French, I have to believe he's going to throw his hat in the ring for that. And he's going to do what he can to get that. I mean, at the very least, you have to think the French broadcasting rights mm-hmm. to be able to show on TV off But I, I mean, like th- this, this is his way of making sure that people know that there is another option as far as like it, ca- it doesn't have to be just TSN folks. You know, there, there are other options out there. So it's going to be so interesting. I know we've talked about it before, it, but it, it's going to be, be so fun. And, and as I mentioned to you before off air, before we started, I'm still curious. This is just me wondering out loud. I'm curious to know what, what, how they decided to put which, you know, to put which patch where, you know what I mean? Uh, Freedom, well, I freedom. I, I guess Videotron because it is readily available, obviously within within Quebec and within the within the main area for the Alouettes at home, as an example. Freedom Mobile is a new entity that has been taken on by Videotron just recently. That is has that is a national global brand, which mm-hmm. is trying to obviously build their you know build their uh, uh, their you know their their base. base. Yeah, they're based, and yep. uh, the smaller one I guess we could say would be TV Aspal. So it's, I, that's, I think I probably answered my own question, but I, I'm, I would still, I'm just still curious to see how they came about to decide to put what where. So, I still think it's funny. I still think it really it, is funny. It is, and again, I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks listening are like, okay, it's a Jersey Patch sponsor. Who cares? I mean, to me, it's just, it. As I said, it's about the gamesmanship. Mm-hmm. It's about the fact that you know, when you own the team and you own this company as well, you get to call the shots. So. Why wouldn't you take advantage of this if you're Pierre Carl Pelado? Why wouldn't you advertise your company on your team's jersey? I mean, you've got the right to do so. You, you can put on a, a sponsor of anybody you want. So why not sponsor your own brand, so to speak? And mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. And yeah, the it was it's just a, a slight nod. You think about okay, well, the road jerseys you probably didn't give too much too much thought about, but sure enough, Freedom Mobile, which is as you said available you know nationwide in canada i mean that's that's just great i mean that's just yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's basically going up against the, the whole telus thing so it's yeah yeah so uh, it's kind of thumbing, thumbing your nose as they say at uh at, at the establishment and i, I like that I, I i appreciate an owner that can do that and just have fun with it like just in a very subtle kind of way like you know you're not going to see that i don't think you're gonna see that kind of brash bravado that you saw with the previous regime here from uh, pkp but you know like this is just another little subtle dig and i like that you know like that's what it that's what it takes and most people wouldn't notice it but the people that do notice it they're like ah i see what you did there and Mm -hmm. i'm all for that yeah uh and obviously the the big news which was teased when they first announced all the theme nights uh we had been teased after you know we've been talking to the players and stuff like that 
the teaser finally came out, and then it was finally released what the Alouettes' new third jerseys are going to be looking like that they're going to be wearing this Saturday for one of one of two games this season. Um, you know, the Alouettes unveil their first uh, third jersey for the first time since 2014, since the uh, signature series uh, jerseys that they wore. What were your thoughts, dude? Now, I, I, for me, uh, I was surprised, as I mentioned on social, that uh, I didn't see the mono look coming back again. I mean, I, I'm one to say I would. I, I'm kind of a purist when it comes to having um, teams wear a different color pant when it comes to wearing a jersey. I'm not a fan of mono. Uh, the mono colors go. Just, just again, look right now at the CFL. How many teams wear mono? It's more. It's more than half. So, oh yeah. Um, but the the jerseys are a nice nod. You know, memes aside from, you know, from the, uh, you know, with uh, Shane Falco in his jersey for the replacements uh, or talking about it, how it, it it's mimicking potentially with the old, you know, uh, New England Patriots wore for their throwbacks. It, mm-hmm. It's a nice look. And I think people need to remember, too, and I don't know if it, this goes back to 2019. If people go back and search on on Facebook, the Owls announced the 10 finalists and this jersey that was released uh it is almost identical less the coloring of the numbers but it's almost identical to what they had so i guess i know i understand how the team what the team announced well, you know you know it stayed predominantly red blah 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 whatever it said in in the press release but again this thing goes back to 2019 so some i'm curious you know if the team gives the, what the original prize was, congratulations to the guy who made the made the uh, the suggestion. But um, I'm pretty happy with these jerseys. Um, I will be getting a, a you know, uh, I'll be getting a replica. Hopefully, sooner or later, we'll be getting a game worn. But uh, what what were your thoughts on on these jerseys? Uh, first thought initially was that's very red. <laughs> and very apropos that they'll be playing those on Canada Day. I mean, I. I mean, what what better color to be wearing on July 1st than red? Mm-hmm. So the Alouettes, that's a win right there. Uh, honestly, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I would definitely like to see the red jersey with the blue pants. I think it would be a very sharp, very, you know, a very progressive look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you. The monochrome, it's okay once in a while, but it's not something you want to make a, like, constant as far as i'm concerned like you got to mix it up i mean even last week like the yellowettes on the road wore their white jerseys and blue pants okay, and that, i love that look i so love that look yeah like to me that, that's a very classic look like a very clean classic look wear it with I, the I red very, let's see what it looks like with the red i truly i it'll be fire the the, the way that like i said the way everything pops and the way everything looks i i truly think that would be a very very exciting look but like I said, to, I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, these these uniforms in action. Uh, you know, like and already, I, like so, so far from what I've seen, lots of LOS fans are excited, and already apparently quite a few orders have been placed. I don't know if you had a chance to see the Alouettes boutiques. Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. I saw, I saw their Insta There's story. A, a lot of folks are ordering custom jerseys, not just jerseys of players, folks, but I'm talking like putting their own name and number on the on the back of the jersey, like. 
the, these jerseys are they're hitting like people are very interested in them it's it's clear so i mean and i can just imagine like july 1st when people actually see them live you may automatically be like oh my god i gotta get one and the next thing you know you know the, the 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 people that do the jerseys at the at the stadium are going to be very very busy on July first. Oh, for sure. It's funny. You talk about this wearing them on Canada Day. It's so shades of the of the, uh, of the Ottawa Renegades wearing their red jerseys versus the Alouettes on Canada Day. Oh, way back when. So yes, you know what I mean. So I'm I'm looking hey, forward. Listen, to it. I'm looking forward to it. Should be. Fun. I mean. Red, red's a good color. What do you want me to tell you? I mean, yeah. and maybe and maybe look different in, in in person. You know, we we've seen what the pictures were. Maybe look different under under the lights. Maybe it won't be as red, but we know it is it's matching the the, the team's current red colors. So that's uh, I, I'm I'm fine with it. I think it looks really really good. And, and having Alouettes across it instead of Montreal looks sharp. Yeah, hundred percent. So I mean, folks, I mean, if you're going to go to the game on on, on Saturday, you get a chance to see them live and. I, I said I, I truly believe the just based on what we've seen so far, just going strictly on what we've seen on social media. I'm not going to say they're going to sell out of the jerseys, but man, I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to get their hands on one mm-hmm. and you know put you know either their favorite player's name on it. I think you even saw a Calvillo one. If you I did, that. I saw that too. Yeah, I did see that. So I mean, that's that's wild. And again, I it always makes me laugh. Like it's like okay, he didn't actually wear that jersey, but I mean, you know that that's an evergreen player, right? So I mean, like. It's it's not going to go out of style having uh, the Calvio 13. So, mm-hmm. listen, I mean, f- folks, I mean, these jerseys, I mean, they're, they're they're something else. So, I mean, listen, props to the Alouettes for debuting this look. Uh, I mean, it's generating a lot of buzz, and I, I don't think it's going to help sell out the game necessarily. I, I think just the play of the Alouettes thus far would probably be a bigger factor into if if this game sells out on Canada Day. I think it'll be more a factor of that than seeing the jerseys. But as far as I'm concerned, seeing this new look for the Alouettes is uh, it's gonna it's gonna get people talking. Mm-hmm. And so far, you, you're seeing it right now. So yep, exactly, exactly. Uh, Saturday's game, seven o'clock. It is wow. There's so much going on. It's family game. The family day games a five dollar ticket, two dollar hot dogs. Uh, it's tackle hunger game. Uh, tackle hunger. It's the, it's the tackle hunger game. So you can uh, give a, a donation uh, and take a picture because the great couple will be in the house. Uh, again, third jerseys uh, are going to be worn for the very first time. And this 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 that kind of just blows my mind, Cliff. And, and, you know, it's just how the, the scheduling has worked out over the years, etc. Um, you know, coming coming in coming into this game itself, um, the the Alouettes had played a, a grand total of five games on Canada Day. Five games. This will be the first time in franchise history the Alouettes will be playing a home game on Canada Day. That's mind, that's mind-boggling. In the 75 years that they have been around... The 75 seasons that they have been around. No, years. It's years. Right. Either way, it's the first time. That's crazy. It is. It really is. So, 
hey, what, what, you know, what better way? Canada Day, celebrate our, you know, celebrate the nation's birthday. And um, Winnipeg's coming into the game. Cliff is a five and a half, five and a half point favorite according to, to DraftKings. Uh, I think uh, what wasn't it higher last week for uh, for Hamilton, if I'm not mistaken, slightly higher. Uh, I don't think it was quite that high, but I think uh, I guess a lot of it depended. Like when they set the line, I think Bo Levi wasn't banged up, so mm-hmm. that's fair. Sir, uh, over under currently is set at forty eight and a half points. Um, what do you see? What do you see for this game, dude? I mean, you have Winnipeg who just got railed by BC. Former, you know, former Alouettes quarterback Vernon Adams is just having an outstanding season so far. And to, to, I, I want to say to nobody's surprise, but it seems like a lot of people are surprised that we're, yeah. you and I are sitting there like, "Are you kidding? We, we saw this coming. We knew this was going to yeah. happen." Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> like, well, welcome to the party because we knew VA was going to go off, and sure enough, I mean, he he throttled the Blue Bombers in Winnipeg, no less. In, yeah, no less. Uh, thoughts coming into this game? I mean, obviously, it still is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They still have had a hell of a, a hell of a last you know couple of seasons. They were back to back Grey Cup champs. They went to they you know what I mean. It's so it's uh they went to the Grey Cup three times in a row. What thoughts? Thoughts going into this game? I mean, obviously, it's a game that that it's win the day. Don't look ahead, but they they still got to make sure that again this is still the Blue Bombers. Anything can happen when you have Zach Caleros behind center. Yeah. Well, let's not forget, Tim. Technically, the Alouettes, well, the Alouettes have beaten the uh, the Blue Bombers at least once per year mm-hmm. since 2020. Well, since go back to 2019. Whether it's here at Percival Wilson Stadium or in Winnipeg at, on at IUG Field. That's true. The Alouettes have, have been able to win at least one game against this team. And yes, they are a threat. And as as Rick Flair said, to be the man, you have to beat the man. And for all intents and purposes, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers still are the man, and they're still the team to beat in this league. But I mean, after the way the Bombers got dog walked by the by the Lions, like they got to be, they're going to be coming to this game pissed off, like with a real chip on their shoulder. Like they want to show that they are not who you saw last Thursday, and they're going to want to take it out on the Alouettes. And I'm sure the Alouettes too are are just saying, look. You know, yet another test, yet a, another group of people who don't believe in this team, who don't believe in what this organization is about. And I think it's going to be a truly good test. Uh, I mean, listen, a, a lot of people want to write this team off. I, I know the CFL.ca writers, it's a clean sweep. They think Winnipeg's going to win this game on Saturday. I, listen, if you want to keep doubting the Alouettes, please do. And, and believe me, talk, in, in talking with these players, they're going to say the same thing. Please keep sleeping on us. Please keep doubting us. They like it. They love it. I mean, <laughs> there's no question. I'm, again, I, I think this is going to be a very tightly contested game. I definitely think Winnipeg has a lot to prove after what happened last week. Uh, Zach Caleros is still a fantastic quarterback, but, man, he is taking a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like last week, you can call him Sack Caleros because I think he got dinged six times. Uh Brady Oliveira is still definitely very much a threat uh, in the running game. Uh, Nick Dembski is one of those receivers that's just so hard to handle. But, I mean, BC found a way to just shut them down, like absolutely shut them down. And considering this Noel Thorpe defense, they're going to see that as a challenge. They're going to say, okay, well, that's, if that's what BC can do, let's see what we can do. 
And that's going to be the fun part is because, as we said, this is a very much a bend but doesn't break defense. I want to see if that's going to continue against Winnipeg because if those offensive weapons that they have can start clicking, it's going to be a bit of a long game for this defense uh, in Montreal. But I truly believe, like, just based on what we've seen over the past two games, I mean, this this defense is for real. And I think they're going to, it's, it's not going to be a cakewalk for either team, to tell you the truth. I think this is going to be a very tightly contested affair and could really come down to a field goal. I mean, <laughs> that's really what it is. You know, that's how tight I think it was. And let's not forget, last year, Montreal went into IG Field. Yep. The Bombers were undefeated at that point. I think they were, what, 9-0, and if I'm not mistaken, or 10-0? and Yep. And they won in overtime. The Yawas won in overtime. And it, it now, again, you can probably blame that on the fact that their, uh, Winnipeg's kicker at the time couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. But, <laughs> I mean, regardless... The Alouettes still walked out of there and handed the Blue Bombers their first L of the season. That's not nothing. And uh, they won't get that opportunity again this year. But imagine being able to defend the nest, silence the haters, and show everybody, yeah, this team is for real. This is a team that can compete. Win or lose. I mean, even if the if the Alouettes happen to lose, then so be it. But one thing's for sure is this is not going to be a blowout for either team. I, I really, truly believe this is going to be a very tightly contested affair. And I think it's going to make for a very, very fun evening at personal Molson Stadium. Like you're, you're, I think we're going to be treated to a very fun matchup. Win or lose, I, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting game for both teams. I do too. And by the way, it, it's funny we're talking about Canada and whatnot. By the way, first, first Canada Day game for the Alouettes since 2012 – and this will be the first time that they have played on Canada Day versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Cliff since 1998. Wow. Okay. Well, listen, I mean, current history being what it is, listen, I, I'm not going to guarantee a win or a loss, but one thing's for sure. Like, these two teams will face each other twice, and I mean, anything can happen. That's the beautiful part. And the way this team is built right now, this Alouettes team, it's going to be a fun game. There's, there, without question, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the new uniforms. Uh, they've they've, split, they've split, split the last 12, by the way. They have split the last 12. So that's it. So that's why I, I can't help but laugh when, when you, you show me a clean sweep of all the all the, all the CFL writers picking the bombers. Like, okay, I get it. I absolutely get it. Like, they, they are, as I said, they are the team to beat. Continue, like, as you said. Until they're not. Continue disrespecting us. Continue disrespecting the Alouettes. Continue. That's it. Uh, please do. I, that, that, this, <laughs> this is no question as far as I'm concerned. Like, you, this team's not going to roll over and die. I'm not going to guarantee they're going to go 18 and 0. Uh, but my God, the fact that they still have not lost a single game whether preseason or otherwise, so far. Think about it, Tim. Undefeated in May. Undefeated in June. Mm-hmm. Can we start working on undefeated in July? Yes, we can. Gosh, I hope so. I, I, I think we can. I, I think that would be a very nice goal to attain. And it's true. You don't win the Grey Cup in June, but you can lose the Grey Cup in June. Well, guess what, folks? The Alouettes are not going to lose the Grey Cup in June. I can tell you that right now with 100% certainty. They will not lose the Grey Cup in June. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun nonetheless. Again, we again we have so much, there's so much going on with the game this week. Uh, you know, I hope 
it's a holiday weekend, people. What else? You know, and I think so far, I think the, the weather's supposed to be looking quite good for the game on Saturday. Gosh, I'm seeing threats. Of, like, I mean, we've had some wacky weather and like within the past week, but gosh, I mean, let's get all the rain out of the way and let's hope for a nice, clear evening Saturday night. I mean, we don't need fireworks. I mean, I think the Alouettes will, will certainly provide enough fireworks on the field. So you know. yeah, I don't want no weather fireworks. I've had enough of those already, When it, especially with Saskatchewan a few years back. Don't even get me going on that, dude. <laughs> no, we, we, we don't want that, and, unless the Alouettes are leading. And then at that point, yeah, go ahead and cancel the game because of lightning. Yeah, right, right now, it looks like we may need to have – oh, boy. <laughs> we, may get, we may get some – Mother Nature be, may be giving us some fireworks also, dude. By look by looks of things right now, we may need a rain gear. Mostly current, mostly cloudy with a risk of scattered thunder showers throughout the that's throughout the night. Well, listen, I sat I sat through the rain in Hamilton. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but no. I mean, listen, weather's not going to scare us off. And no, it is not, folks. If you have a chance, definitely make it out to the stadium. I mean, if you were there for the home opener, you saw how awesome the atmosphere was. You saw every you know just how great it can be. Like when this team is winning, when they're giving you something to cheer about. There really is no other place like Percival Mosa Stadium. I mean, I'm not expecting a sellout against Winnipeg, but that would be damn cool. I mean, and let's face, let's face it, it's Saturday. It's a holiday. Come support the team. That's all there is to it. Yeah. yeah they're giving you something to cheer about for crying out loud. What, 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 what more do you want? No, I, I completely agree, dude. I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, again, don't, I, uh, we did something different this week because of, uh, of my schedule. Uh, we will have already given away the tickets, the uh, Sport Buff Flight Crew seats uh, for this week's game. But stay tuned for the uh, Toronto game on the 14th. Uh, we will be doing that uh, as of uh, next week's show. Uh, we will be putting it out as normal. Uh, so stay tuned. Um, but, dude, I, I'm, I'm glad to be back, dude. It was weird having a week off, but uh, uh, I, I'm back, and uh, I'm ready for to, to see some Alouettes football on Saturday. Oh, 100%. Onwards and upwards. And, folks, once again, if, if you're however you're checking out the, the Flight Tech, whether it's through your podcast platform, through YouTube, please let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. If, if we're doing things great, Tell a friend, tell a co-worker, tell your family, tell everybody about the Elvis Flight Deck. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're checking us out on social media. I mean, this is... Or tell us. Or tell us. You know, email me at tim.capper at alouettesflightdeck.ca or email cliff at clifforddpine at alouettesflightdeck.ca. We want to know. Exactly. You know, let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, because once again, this show is all about you, the listeners. We want to make sure we provide the best experience possible for you just like the Alouettes want to provide the best possible experience for you on game day win or lose so if we're doing something great let us know if we're doing something bad let us know and exactly. most importantly let everybody know about the Alouettes flight deck exactly because we're not going anywhere exactly we, we still got a, got a long season ahead of us and we are now planning to be here for the entire thing good yes. bad or other and and lastly, just I have to make because I it was the, and, and, and no, we're not tooting our own our own horn our own our own horn. I know that was bad, but that, that was like a trumpet. Like, <laughs> gotta give a huge props and a shout out to not only the production team, which the name is totally escaped my mind at the moment, the production team, and to the Montreal Alouettes um, for their uh, for uh, for adding us 
for allowing us to be a part of that mini documentary on training camp. Uh, all the thanks in the world. Uh, and uh, we were very humbled and very pleased to be a part of it. 100%. It was surreal to say the least because this this is completely out of left field and it's, it's one thing to you know see everything all the action you see everyone talking and then just to hear our voices as a part it's like <laughs> holy crap like this is this this is really real like wow like i mean what else can you say i mean and thank you to everybody that's been shouting out to us for that as, as a result. Like, I think it was a surprise for everybody because we were not told about this. No, nobody made many, any mention of us, this to us at all. So like, this completely came out of left field, as I said. And I mean, once again, everybody that reached out to us, thank you so much. It, it, as you said, Tim, this is very humbling. Um, we're, we're beyond appreciative of the team to consider us for something like this. And it's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yes, and I was, I was, I was again. I was trying to to look and see what the what the name of the company was, but it it, it so far is I, I can't find what what the name of the company is. But I will I'll make sure I give them a uh, give them a shout out when I can. So uh, come see us at the stadium if you are there. We'll be in section Y one. Uh, stay tuned for for potentially a, a post game flight neck live uh, from Percival Molson Stadium. Um, but we'll be back next week. Cliffy, I'm glad I'm back. Good to see you, dude. And I'm, I'll be happy to see you, obviously, uh, on on Saturday, along with all the fans. So uh, mahalo for listening. And for everybody here at the Outlets Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.